Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, That's Marcus Parks. I'm Ben Kissel. This has been a really good day, Marcus. Has it been? I don't know. Uh, We got gorilla (laughs) news, though, so that makes everybody happy. A gregarious male gorilla at the Dallas Zoo will be sent to South Carolina for therapy after he bit one female gorilla and sneered at others. What's this therapy going to be all about? Shock therapy, clockwork orange style. Make this guy just watch a bunch of... I don't even know. What What do you do for therapy to be nice to female gorillas when you're a male gorilla? Well, South Carolina Zoo is known for working with gorillas with behavior problems. That's good. And you know, the gorilla gets along fine with humans, but not with other gorillas. This, what's the gorilla's name? His name is Patrick. Patrick the gorilla. And all the people that go to the zoo, they love Patrick the most. They come home, they hug their children, they say, how great was Patrick today yeah. at that damn zoo? <laughs> Patrick's a star. You know, he's going to be a little bit of a diva. Well, I think he's a bit of a star because he's kept in his own enclosure due to sure. the fact that he is very aggressive with the other gorillas. So you go, you see, hey, look, there's that one gorilla. Mm-hmm. There's no other gorillas fucking around with him. Only the one gorilla. He's the lone gorilla. <laughs> Maybe he's a Liberace type. Maybe he's a gay gorilla. That's Ooh. a possibility. What would what, what would be the motivation of a male gorilla to be to be kind to a female gorilla if he had no interest in mounting them? I don't think he has any interest in mounting them. Yeah, I think this is a we are dealing with a uh, egotistical gorilla maniac who is the star of his own show. And frankly, uh, you look at Charlie uh, Charlie Sheen. Mm-hmm. You telling me he respects women? <laughs> you telling me he's super nice to women? The man has the biggest contract on television right now uh, for anger management, that that television program. Mm-hmm. He's a star. This gorilla, Patrick the Gorilla, is the Charlie Sheen of this zoo, and I think he needs to be treated with a little bit more respect, the amount of revenue he's bringing to these uh, people, uh, trying to send him to sensitivity training. I don't want to live in a world where a, a gorilla... <laughs> where Where is political correctness gone? Where a gorilla has to go to sensitivity training. I mean, he's not running a goddamn McDonald's. He's not, you know, he's not hiring and firing female gorillas. 
He's not a, he's not the mayor of San Diego. He's not Mr. Filner. A gorilla should be allowed to sneer at a woman. He's a he's a rabid beast. He's an animal from the jungle uh that you know, God knows what he would be doing to these women if he was actually out there in the wild. Oh, my God. Well, if he was out in the wild, he wouldn't be forced to hang out with the female gorillas. That he doesn't want to hang out with. He'd talking about knitting, <laughs> random things, whatever female gorillas uh, discuss. The real gorilla housewives of Orange County or something. Well, you know, he's got some competition now because the Dallas Zoo just acquired Zola, a breakdancing gorilla. I saw this man, and I don't even, I don't even know. I don't even know what to think about this breakdancing gorilla. I mean, so, so and all the ladies love Zola. They love him for his dance moves. They have to. Of course they do. And this is another male, I assume. Uh-huh. Zola the male. They're trying to push Patrick out for political correctness reasons, and I don't like it one bit. I don't want to live in a world where a gorilla can't have the feelings that are in his heart regarding the opposite sex. And apparently he's very nice to the male gorillas. I'm telling you, I think we have a gay Liberace situation. Nope, I think I found it. I think I found Uh-oh. the root of all these problems. Patrick was abandoned by his mother. That's right. At five years old. <laughs> he was born in the Bronx. He was, he was born in the Bronx. Yeah. In the Bronx Zoo. In the Bronx Zoo. Abandoned by his mother at five years old. A real Bronx tale. I mean, this happens. This yeah. happens. If you, as we know uh, from last podcast on the left when we discussed serial killers, a lot of deep-seated hatred for uh, the female gender mm-hmm. tends to come from men who have uh, mommy issues, to say the least. Yeah. So Patrick has some mommy issues. He's a celebrity. His ego is being fed. And I think it's just fine if he wants to sneer at some ladies. And I guarantee you a couple of those gals uh, would still be with him whenever he would want them to be. <laughs> He's a celeb. It's a sad world where gorillas have to go to sensi- tra- uh, uh, sensitivity training. I don't like it one bit. I'm not a fan either. Get that. I don't even know what it's going to be about over there. Sensitivity training for gorillas? What is that? How do you make a gorilla <laughs> sensitive? He's obviously already sensitive. He's a performer. He's a showman. You know, we have very thin skins. Yes, we do. God knows I'm sorry to the woman I offended on Facebook. (laughs) It's a bad day. I had a a rough day. You know, you look down on your phone and you see somebody, you know, and they're being funny. Fans are funny. Yeah. Our fans are fantastic. They're wonderful fans. And we're we're a ribby bunch. Yeah. You know, we're we're a toasty crowd. Yeah. You know, little drinkers. You know, we say mean things about each other. Marcus, you're you're a psychopath who likes to kill animals. You know, Ah, we say stuff like that. Yeah. That's fine. And it's, those things, it's kind of true, but not really. Not always. Not, it's about 14 to, to 79% true. <laughs> any, given, any given sentence. So, yeah, you know, as performers, uh, he doesn't need sensitivity training. He probably needs to toughen up a little bit. Maybe he's got a little ding dong. Did they mention that? Maybe some of these ladies are laughing at him because he likes to, you know, do what the... Maybe he's a fancy boy. You go. You know? <laughs> I'm just saying, stars. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're a person or a gorilla or a or a peacock. When you're out there and you're performing, you're putting yourself on the line. You're giving it your all, and uh, occasionally, um, you might have to send a sneer uh, somebody's way to let them know, "Hey, leave me alone right now. I, j- I just got off the stage. I'm sweaty." You hear those people <laughs> clapping and laughing and screaming? They want me. They want more of me. Who are you? Coming at me trying to eat my gorilla food. Ugh. So, Patrick the gorilla, I hope you have a good 30 days of sensitivity training. And I hope, much like Charlie Sheen, when you're done with your rehab, you come back bigger and better than ever and you get the largest zoo deal in the history of zoos. I mean, what, what, are they, what are they paying Patrick? Uh, what are they paying him? I don't know. Slop. Slop. Give the guy some, I don't even know, whatever he wants, steaks, whatever gorillas <laughs> eat.
Bananas and steaks. Um, all right. Well, that's the story about Patrick. You know, there's a bunch. Had of- to get that off your chest, didn't you? You know, it was just so upsetting. I read the article. And I said, like, "Leave this poor guy alone." In this world that we live in, of you know, everyone is just constantly yelling at people who are just trying to make it with their lives. You know, he was a, an abandoned boy from the Bronx, five mm-hmm. years old. No one thought he was going to do anything with his life. No. Oh, another wasted gorilla on the streets doing absolutely zero. No, he met, He went out there. He worked his ass off. Yeah. And he tried and tried and tried, and he finally became the greatest goddamn gorilla in the zoo. And now that he's the king, he's the master, all eyes are on him. Next thing you know, he's being judged for the smallest things. Mm. It's terrible. It this is terrible. that we live in. It is terrible. It's sad. Let's get to some uh, other terrible stories. Do you want to do the? Uh, let's do, you want to do that Mexican story? Oh yeah, let's do it's the Mexican fun story. One. Let's uh, let's run over to Mexico. Real let's go quick, over to Mexico. Least to the border. This is another man just trying to make something with his life, <laughs> trying to come to America. I will to get a job, and this is one of my favorite. Uh, Stories, my favorite immigration stories of all time. No hot pursuit was necessary for American customs officials to catch a man who they say drank tequila and tried to sneak from Mexico into the southwestern U.S. state of New Mexico in a truck full of red chili peppers. Is it racist that he did this? (laughs) Isn't this, if you like literally asked a racist in Louisiana how Mexicans get here, you'd be like, eh, they get drunk off tequila, come over here on pepper trucks. I don't know if that's true, sir. Well, I Googled it, and it is. So like, all right. I mean, this man is really setting back the cause uh, quite far. Man, I don't think he even meant to come to America. You I think, think he just he... fell asleep on a pepper truck? I think <laughs> not the best place. To... If you're ever drunk, just try to avoid a pepper truck, a pepper truck as much as possible. I don't know, man. When I get drunk, I get some strange tastes. Could mm-hmm. be the man was going and said, hey, look, there's yeah. a bunch of peppers. I love peppers. I want a pepper right now. I'm going to go into that pepper truck. I'm going to eat some peppers. All the peppers and, I can eat. And you know how many times you've fallen asleep while eating. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the thing. His pepper truck is my pizza. <laughs> I fell asleep. My, uh, I actually had a buddy. His name is Dave, and he does all the graphic design work for the, uh, for the website Cave Comedy Radio. He's pretty much designed all of our logos. Yeah, you shit on his couch. Yeah, that's the uh, thank you, Marcus, for that. It wasn't really a shit on the couch, and it's still up for debate on who actually left the dookie residue. But we'll get into that story later on once I officially clear my name, which my name will be cleared from Dookie Gate. All right. I promise you, it didn't look anything like mine. I eat a lot of almonds. Uh, yeah. Ty- s- a type four on the Bristol stool chart. Dave fell asleep. Yeah. What? Yes. Yes. The Bristol stool chart that we learned from the roundtable of episode, roundtable of gentlemen episode, uh, with the one and only Sean Patton on that program. Dave fell asleep on the couch, and he did not poo poo on his couch, but he did sleep on a full pizza. And then the next morning, he woke up, peeled off a couple of slices from his back, and he just ate them. Yeah, I would do the same. So what happens? You know, that's the uh, that's the uh, more Midwestern white male equivalent of falling asleep on a pepper truck. You fall asleep on some delivery pizza. Yeah. And it's not a bad way to go. Not a bad way to sleep. No, of course you know, not. You get a bunch of whiskey and a couple of pizzas, lie down, take a nice nap, wake up, drink a shot of whiskey, get drunk again immediately, because you know once you go to sleep a little drunk, you wake up eight hours later, you're two shots away from being just as wasted as you were at 11 o'clock the night before. You really are. That pizza's going to taste great. <laughs> this guy must have been itchy, though. Poor pepper truck guy. He must have just been so miserable, definitely sweaty. How much of that tequila do you think you had to drink? Well, uh, yeah, let's see here. Columbus Port Director Robert Reza said in a statement there was a bottle of tequila next to him and he appeared to be highly intoxicated. Definitely. you got to be pretty damn drunk to cop on the old uh, 
on the old pepper truck. Brilliant move, though. Good move. Yeah. I mean, really, the odds of, you know, no one's, that's the truck you just let pass through. You know, if you're working like, uh, you know, the, the border, like a pepper truck, no one's dumb enough to hide in a pepper truck, go on through, and then like, smell tequila. Well, he wasn't caught by the border patrol. He was caught was by he? the U.S. Customs Agricultural Specialists. Inspecting the truck. So how far? Did you know he they. Get... You know they say that he. Uh, when people go across state lines, are mm-hmm. you holding any fruits or vegetables? Right, right. So they have to check these fruits and vegetables when they go across the border to make sure there aren't any. Uh, I guess you would say invasive species. They're gonna come over here and. And we're not saying he's an invasive species. No. <laughs> Usually they're looking for bugs. This guy was just like, I think we got the biggest bug I've ever seen, and it looks drunk off tequila. And they're like, Sir, that's a Mexican. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't I... seen people in a while. My job is very boring, and my wife hates me. He made it 100 yards into the United States. Oh, wow. He just yards. got that taste of freedom. He just got a football field in. Football field into the United States immediately turned away. Uh, but, you know, nice and drunk, and I would assume uh, never to touch a pepper again. No. You don't touch a pepper that much after you fall asleep in the back of a pepper truck. No. What a brilliant man. It's too bad. I feel like you got to let him in. You yeah. got to let him in. So you, what do you do? So you, you just turn him around. There's like, you got you to go back. Yeah, they just said, walk they, him right through a gate. They put him on the bus. You know, they have to put him through processing. I'd so this imagine. guy had to go through processing and put on a bus. He smells like peppers. Well, He's, drunk tank first, so and drunk then tank, processing. Oh, I hope they showered him down. <laughs> it sounds. It sounds like uh, he slept on. You know, it sounds like worse than getting pepper sprayed sleeping mm-hmm. on a truck full of peppers. Yeah, it sounds horrible. I think you're gonna get, you're gonna get a case of the poo poos, the pepper poos. <laughs> That's never good. Wow, I wonder if you hallucinate. I feel like at some point you're just lying on a bunch of peppers. I hear, piss drunk. I bet you you do hallucinate. I hear tale of uh, hallucinogenic peppers out there, but oh, that yeah. might have just been a Simpsons episode. Well, it could have been a Simpsons episode, and I remember <laughs> the one you're talking about. It was yeah. pretty amazing. It was great when Johnny Cash was in it. He tripped nuts. Yeah. Homer Simpson, that is. Yeah. <laughs> You've heard of him. You love him. Yeah, I think, I think you can. Marcus, Google what peppers yeah. you have to eat to really trip balls. By the way, I'm concerned... Listeners of Roundtable of Gentlemen, don't shamboil. No, don't no. Don't do it. I just do it. Everyone is just too easy to do. I guess peppers are pretty easy to get, too. Although I don't know about the hallucinogenic ones. Ah, while the pepper is a vegetable which has consciousness-altering properties, okay. it is not officially considered to have an hallucinogenic property. Okay, so you really can't trip on it, although it's like it has the similar qualities, though. Mm-hmm. It has similar qualities. This is what it, makes you kind of sweat and you know lick your lick your nose a whole bunch of times and stuff. Mm-hmm. It uh, has uh, endorphins in it. Uh, the uh, heat of it incites endorphins mm-hmm. in your brain. Uh, I know it raises also, your uh, your heart rate and it uh, increases your uh, what do you call that thing that burns fat in your body? Uh, you know the thing people have a high one of these cholesterol. No yeast. No 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 no. People have a high. One of these, and they tend to be thinner. Marcus, for example. Metabolism. That's right. Marcus got the answer correct. I knew it the whole time. Yeah, I knew it was yeah. metabolism. Sure, why not? <laughs> Google this other story. Uh, I'm sorry that uh, we didn't discuss this earlier, but I'm just reminded. The man who was permanently drunk, uh, he got DUIs for multiple years, and uh, everyone just thought he was a closet drinker. He swore that he was never drinking, and it turns out that his liver... Um, was was messing up and it was it was um it was converting the yeast uh, to it was converting alcohol into his body uh to create yeast which was then creating uh, beer for all intents and purposes so the man was constantly trashed off of his ass mhm 
you get the feeling with th- this guy, Marcus will uh, give the official story. You get the feeling this guy was just like a 15-year-old boy and he made a, made a wish. And his wish was just like, I, I wish I was constantly drunk. And then it got granted, and it turned into a real nightmare. He said one 60-year-old man initially confounded doctors and his wife by spontaneously becoming drunk even when he hadn't ingested any alcohol. What a superpower. The episode started after the man had surgery on his foot and took a round of antibiotics. Suddenly, just two beers would make him intoxicated. Eventually, a stick of gum or liqueur in a chocolate could raise his BAC past the legal limit. For five years, the man will become intoxicated even if he had no or very little alcohol alcohol he was admitted to the emergency room at one point with a bac of 0.37 more than four times the legal limit emergency room doctors thought the texas man was a closet drinker uh-huh. but his wife a nurse suspected there was an underlying medical condition and bought a breathalyzer when his wife started to monitor his breath she found that his blood alcohol level was often 0.33 percent to 0.4 percent eventually doctors sent the man to a lab for observation and gave him a high carb diet Although researchers kept him from ingesting any alcohol, his BAC reached 0.12. Further tests revealed high levels of Saccharomyces cerevisiae, ah, also Saccharomyces. known as brewer's yeast. I like brewer's yeast better, yeah. Residing in his intestines. He's just a one-man, uh, a one-man, uh, what do you, what do you, uh? Brewery. Brewery, yeah, he's a one-man brewery. I mean, did, did, did he, did he, is his alcohol, is his piss alcoholic? I doubt it. It's tough to say. Well, I maybe. mean, I don't know. The man is making alcohol inside of his own body, which I will say, money saver if you are a raging <laughs> alcoholic. But what a living nightmare to constantly be drunk and just be like, no, I'm not. I haven't been drinking. And they're like, well, you've obviously been drinking. You're completely trashed. I promise you, I haven't been drinking. It's like, how do you convince people that you're not just a raging alcoholic? Here's what happened. His intestines are constantly fermenting or intestines are constantly fermenting food into calories. Uh-huh. And the food was being turned into alcohol. In this case, whenever the man ate carbohydrates, the yeast fermented the carbs and sugars into ethanol that was then absorbed into his bloodstream. So the man ate a piece of bread. He ate a sandwich he's fucked up he's absolutely wasted yeah again money saver I, i'll take it you know i'll take i wish you could if you could turn it on and turn it off that oh, would be pretty be, great that'd be fantastic so now does he still suffer from this disease or are the doctors able to figure out how to shut down this brewery well he was put on a strict diet that cut out all carbohydrate sugar and alcohol in addition he was put on antifungal medications for mm-hmm. 10 weeks after which there was no longer any sign of the brewer's yeast in his system and he stopped becoming drunk without alcohol that's great and now he's just back to drinking a bottle of whiskey a day like he always did. Anyway, that story is just a little side note. But I thought that was kind of interesting. I this, like that a lot. Yeah, this poor damn guy. And he got Science a, news on Abe Lincoln Stop At. Science news is pretty great. Uh, he got a couple of DUIs and things. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone was really coming down on this poor bastard. Five years. Yeah. What about this wife staying with him for five years? Everyone think- in town thinks he's a raging alcoholic. She's like, no, I, I, you know, I really think it's something else. And she's like, yeah, Pamela, she's a real, she's a real victim. <laughs> and, and you know what? She's an enabler to his alcoholism. We don't like Pamela anymore. That poor woman. She had to do uh, do a lot of explaining to her uh, church groups. I'm sure. Quite a bit. But her husband turns out. That's a great. That's great news to get from a doctor. Rarely are you happy to get uh, validation uh, from a doctor like that you have a disease. Yeah. Unless it's the one where you're like, yeah, no, buddy, I'm sorry. Everything that you did that you were super uh, ashamed of and drunk, uh, 
you know, everything you did that you were super wasted uh, for the past five years, like, you got a clean slate. Not your fault. You yeah, know? you're done. You imagine he was behaving like a drunk, so I'm sure, you know, you know, why is the cat in the oven? Nah. <laughs> you know, pizza's in the letterbox. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. I set a pizza box on fire in the oven about three weeks ago when I was drunk. Yep, I remember that story. Mm-hmm. It was a month ago, I think. A little bit even more. Yeah, you put a pizza box in the oven and you should have set it to 500 degrees, mm-hmm. which is, that's going to light uh, paper on fire. <laughs> Cardboard. Cardboard. I thought it was different. Yeah. It's a little bit different. <laughs> a little bit different. Um, anyway, all right. So we got the pepper story. We got alcoholic liver man, or rather intestines, I suppose. Um, let's see. What story do we want to go to, Marcus? You want to go over it? I'll give you a choice. All right. Let's Germany see. or Venezuela? Oh, my God. I just want to do Venezuela because I, I love so. this story so much. And it <laughs> coincides well with uh, peppers and uh, and alcohol to some degree. A Venezuelan state agency on Friday ordered the temporary takeover of a factory that produces toilet paper in what it called an effort to ensure consistent supplies after an embarrassing shortage earlier this year. Embarrassing shortage. <laughs> Someone, uh... <laughs> hey, uh, guys, uh, has everyone stopped wiping their ass here in this office? <laughs> I thought I was the only one that ran out of the toilet paper. How bad is your country when you can't get toilet paper? I mean, in Russia, even during the terrible old days, they had toilet paper. They didn't have bread, but at the very least, they could wipe their ass. Do you know that for a fact? Oh, yeah, definitely. Huh. I mean, why not? <laughs> I'll say it like I do, and then it is. You know, they had toilet paper in Russia, and there was never a toilet paper shortage in Russia. Not that we heard of. No. Well, you know, respectable countries don't mention it. <laughs> but that's fine. The Venezuelans... They do indeed. Critics of President Nicolas Maduro say the nagging shortages of products ranging from bathroom tissue to milk are a sign his socialist government's rigid price and currency controls Mm -hmm. are failing. Just when you thought Chavez, you know, just when you thought Chavez wasn't providing for the people under Chavez, at least we had toilet paper. You know, how bad is this guy to become worse than Hugo Chavez? Oh. All you have to do is give your people shit paper. (laughs) It's very easy to do. Minimum. Minimum. And it's funny because they talk in the article as well about how it's a right. Toilet paper is a right in Venezuela. And I like that. Yeah. He says uh, the, a national agency called Sundacop, which enforces price control, said in a statement it would occupy one of the factories belonging to paper producer Mampa for 15 days, adding right. that National Guard troops would safeguard the facility. They deployed troops. And National Guard troops. Yeah, National Guard <laughs> troops. The frenzy for toilet paper. The uh, zombie holocaust-like activity around the toilet paper factory. Very similar to Day of the Dead, or Dawn of the Dead, rather, in the mall. I mean, mm-hmm. that's Dawn of the Dead. Zombies are all around, looking to get those big deals. <laughs> looking, to, looking to get all the sweet J.C. Penny deals and things like that. Everyone's looting for toilet paper. Sundacop said the action... How pathetic is your country when people are <laughs> looting for toilet paper? I mean, people complain about America, at the very least during the Oakland riots. It was TVs. Yeah. Radios. Things that matter. Things that are, you know, kind of cool. Yeah, things that you, like, you know, don't use to wipe your ass. Like, everyone's got, like, step one for this day. I'm going to need to wipe my ass. Check. Step two, I'm going to need to be entertained. Better steal a TV. 
I have to. Sunday Cop said the action in the producer of toilet paper, sanitary napkins, and disposable diapers responds to the state's obligation to ensure a steady supply of basic goods for people. Government supporters laud efforts by Maduro, the successor to late socialist leader Hugo Chavez, Mm -hmm. for maintaining tough regulations of private businesses. They blame unscrupulous merchants for hoarding products to make quick profits and celebrate the socialist government's legacy of social assistance programs. This is just bad policy. It's just a bad government. This is why socialism fails, because as soon as the government starts to, uh, you know, take over the toilet paper game, just shortages all around. Here's something that's interesting. Critics say the shortages of consumer goods are caused by businesses' inability to import raw materials and machinery because of a shortage of hard currency under the exchange controls. A bunch of people are super upset. Yeah, apparently it's very difficult to uh, to uh, trade with Venezuela because of all their uh, bizarre rules. And, you know, I think the U.S. isn't trying to play around with them. Not a lot of countries want to play with Venezuela. Yeah. It's a, you can't be a, uh, in this you need, uh, global do, you economy, do need... you can't be a solo bird on this one. I mean, God knows. You just have to have a couple of machines to make toilet paper. It's not that big of a country. (laughs) You know? It's really not. Step one, just get the machines over there. You're going to be fine. Do they have newspapers? In Venezuela? Probably. Yeah. I mean, it's a jungle country. They have leaves. They have leaves? That's sad. (laughs) That's sad when your countrymen have to start wiping their ass with leaves like they're, uh, you know, going camping for some bachelor party in Minnesota. I'm not saying I did wipe my ass with leaves when I went camping uh, for a bachelor party in Minnesota, but I might have. Wow, Venezuela, they are 42% European descent. Oh. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. 49% mestizo. Mestizo? Yes. And what's that all about? A mestizo, as far from what I remember from my Texas history lessons, Mm -hmm. a mestizo is a combination of a Spanish person and a native uh, South American. Oh, wow. So the yes. Spanish went over uh, there to invade. They found some love and they settled down. Oh, yeah. That's perfect. And the European guy's just jacking off in the corner. <laughs> That's classic. That's perfect. Yeah, so they're running out of toilet paper in Venezuela. That's it's nice. It, that, that story actually made me feel good. You know, sometimes it's nice to feel good being American, to yeah, be an American. And that's really one does. of the stories. Well, I mean, that's kind of how we deal with things around here. Is yeah. We look around and we say, well, at least we're not as bad off as them. We're rocking two-ply, three-ply. <laughs> I saw. I swear to God, there was a toilet paper. It was like an eight-ply type toilet paper. It was thick. It was, it was massive. Wow. Yeah. It sounds it's, heavenly. It was, yeah. My, my, uh, some wealthy friends that I know, they use wet wipes even. Yeah, I've heard of this. People you can imagine. It. I mean, Venezuela's 13 years behind the wet wipe. They're not going to get the wet wipe until, what, 2016, something like that? Yeah, some ladies carry around the wet wipe everywhere they go. That's America. <laughs> that's, the, that's the amazing thing about America. Toilet paper itself is kind of primitive. Yeah. I scoff when I see dry toilet paper. That's One pathet- ply. Oh, yuck. Yuck. Why don't you just scoot your ass on the sidewalk like a dog? I mean, that's the thing. Venezuela, no ply toilet paper. No toilet paper at all. None. That is sad. And the women, you know, they need it. Every time they take their pee over there in Venezuela, I mean, every time a woman takes a pee anywhere, they got to wipe that thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, they can't just sit there and shake it all the time. No, it would take forever. They don't even have sanitary napkins. That was burying the lead right there. They don't even have period pads. They don't? Doesn't sound like it. If they I, if they don't if have they to- don't, I agree with that. If they don't that, have toilet paper, do you think they're going to have tampons? Definitely not. And if they pads? did, God knows what they are. <laughs> Made out of insulation from abandoned buildings. Yeah, it sounds like a job that a person actually has to do over there. <laughs> you just have your period guy, or, just, or a woman, who just like holds you down there as you 
go through your thing. You go through God's kiss. No, no, no. They just send him out to the hut for a week. Jesus Christ. Get some toilet paper, Venezuela. I mean, this is just ridiculous. I don't know. Any other, is there any other country on the face of the planet that doesn't have toilet paper right I mean, now? I would imagine there are quite a few dozens of countries that don't have I'm toilet saying paper. culturally, though, Venezuela is expected to have toilet paper. Yeah. If, you're, Venezuela if you're a tribal is a community. First world country. Technically a first world country. Is it actually Google if Venezuela is a first world country? I think it, I think that it is. I think that it is. Because I know uh, Libya is considered a first world country, and they're, they're pretty close together economically. Libya's rolling with toilet paper. Nothing but TP <laughs> around that place. Everyone's walking around. Oh, shit, no. Venezuela's a third world country. They're third world. Yeah. They are certainly acting like it right now. Yeah, but you know who else Step is third world? Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia full of toilet paper. <laughs> All the toilet paper money can buy. Mm-hmm. You know, when those people are coming over here to blow up our buildings on 9-11, if they did shit themselves on the plane, that's fine. They got a bunch of toilet paper. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's an embarrassing moment for a government that can't provide ass wipe for your, for your goddamn civilians. It's terrible. At the very least, America has that. We got it and yeah. always will. Yeah. Everything's stinking up the streets. That's off. I mean, how can you? You cannot go to. You cannot function at a high level with swamp ass. Oh my god! Well, I, I can't. I can't even think. I mean, that's not swamp ass. That's mud butt. That's straight mud butt. <laughs> Holy dune tush! <laughs> Volcano anus. I mean, that's awful. Straight. Yeah, there's straight shit. Or I guess you got to shower every time you poo poo. Who's got the time? I bet they wipe their hand, with their ass with their hand, and then wash their hand. You would have to. Yeah, that's the only way to do it. Get the th- get the three uh, shells, I guess, from Demolition Man or something like that. Triple the shell. No one knows how that works, though. Mm, no. There's been some theories, but we talked about it on previous episodes. There's theories about how the three th- uh, shell thing works, but no one knows for sure. No, of course not. And God knows it's not as good as toilet paper. Get it together, Venezuela. One and th- I'll tell you, if there's ever a time to impeach a president, this is this is now. You impeach know- the goddamn president. Start wiping your ass with the flag. One question about uh, Demolition Man mm-hmm. is he doesn't f- ask exactly how to use the three seashells until the very last scene of the movie. Does that mean he hasn't been wiping his ass for the entire movie? Do you see his face during that whole movie? Full of <laughs> His ass is full of shit. Well, I know he does that thing where he does all the curses so he can get all the tickets and wipe his ass you with You think that. he's using the tickets? I, I mean, he does use the tickets at one point in the movie. To because wipe his ass. To wipe his ass. That's because right. That's when Rob Schneider says he doesn't know how to use the three seashells. That's so right. Possibly, he's either doing that the whole movie or he's just not wiping his ass. And Venezuela has about as much freedom as the demolition man uh, projected the Americans uh, will have in the near future. So you don't, if you're in Venezuela, go curse at a machine. <laughs> or I guess you don't, probably don't have curse machines. So just go curse at a police officer. Yeah. And he'll write you a citation for every word that you say that's wrong. And then you go wipe your ass with that. If they even have paper uh, enough for police officers to use to write citations with. And yeah, they might just yell it at them. They might just, yeah, yeah, $50. <laughs> you cocksucker, $95. <laughs> oh, I'll remember it. Don't worry. Your fines are really racking up here in Venezuela. <laughs> Get some toilet paper. Um, all right. 
Let's see. What's some other stories going on today? We got the Merkel thing in Germany. It's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. A satirical party has spiced up a dull German election campaign with a television advert depicting a 90-second sex scene blurred but leaving little to the imagination. Die Partei, Ah, also known as the party in English, whose policies include building a wall around Germany and putting Chancellor Angela Merkel on trial in a cage, said the ad was designed to represent its family policy. <laughs> of course, the uh, the ad itself. I like it though. I mean, where does a family start? I, I In lo- the bedroom, doing doggy style. Of yeah, course, that's and, where we all came from. And that is exactly what the uh, ad is. It is blurred out uh, mm-hmm. quite a bit, but we're gonna listen to it here. I like it. It's blurred out, but you can obviously see that there is a, a man just drilling a woman, and it says "Zizayan einen Beitrag der Partei." Zoom thema, family, and politic. That sounds good. It's like a Spanish-German accent there. I like that. What does that mean? Thank you. Uh, I will have to let me see that again. Uh, the They say the best of the party for the family politics. Oh, okay. <laughs> Rough translation. Rough translation. I took German eight years ago. I can't be expected to remember all of it. I took German as well. I did not do well. Of course, my father's from Germany, and he does not want me to learn the language. Well, there's reasons behind that. Well, he feels a little guilty. <laughs> but, you know, what can you do? That's fine. So does this party actually, uh, they're not really challenging Merkel, um... In the polls, not yet anyway, not until these ads really start to take off. No, no, no. Election rules require broadcasters to give parties advertising time to use as the party see fit. Merkel, right. with a comfortable lead in the polls over a so far relatively toothless opposition, has opted for a bland campaign, short on specifics that emphasizes business as usual. Toothless opposition. I didn't realize that the uh, Germans, uh, that the Germans also had a large political family uh, called the Gomerts. <laughs> Gomert. The Toothless Gomerts. The Toothless Gomerts. We haven't heard about Gomert. He hasn't been on the news in a little while. Ted Cruz has taken over the crazy cat for the Republican Party. Oh, absolutely. Mr. Gomert's got to come back. Yeah, but Gomert was, like, innocently crazy. Ted Cruz yeah. is dangerously crazy. He's a maniacal man. Uh, they were talking about Ted Cruz. Well, currently he's doing, I don't even know what it's technically called. He wants to delay this, uh, the... Uh, the funding bill because there's no uh, anti Obamacare. There's no uh, f- uh, there's no uh, rhetoric to uh, de- defund Obamacare, even though it would never pass the Senate or uh, it, Obama would just veto it anyway. It doesn't matter. Everyone knows that what he's doing doesn't matter whatsoever. But he's uh, he's up there and he's talking right now on the Senate floor and he said he's going to talk until he can't stand anymore. Uh, which I give him another five minutes. He's a fat <laughs> fuck from Texas. Rand Paul's giving him a bunch of candy bars and shit to keep him up. Ugh, weird. Why do they always bring him candy bars? Bring him I don't a taco. Know. I guess it's like... Uh, I mean, it's sugar, it's energy, but that's gonna, he's going to get a sugar crash pretty quickly. Yeah, he is. Yes, he is. Mm. Yes, he is. You don't think they're thinking this through? I think he's got to be smart about it. He should start slamming some five-hour energy. Get a sponsorship behind uh, <laughs> your sort of your faux filibuster type situations if you want to do it. You know, that would be a good idea. Well, for months, Cruz, along with Utah Senator Mike Lee, has argued that the best way to defeat Obamacare was by passing legislation, a continuing regu- resolution, uh-huh. that would continue federal spending at the same level for two and a half months only if it included a provision that removed all funding for the president's health care plan. In other words, defund Obamacare or defund America. Right. Thank you. <laughs> That's a great idea, and it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even defund Obamacare. Marcus, what is it? do that CNN thing, the top ten. The uh, top thing. ten. I think it's number four where they discuss how uh, mm-hmm. 
The spending bill doesn't even uh, doesn't even unfund Obamacare. It just doesn't even matter. This is all such stupid theater. It says the Republicans want to defund Obamacare in exchange for funding the government, but the Health Care Act at the center of this storm would continue its implementation process during a shutdown. That's because its funds aren't dependent on the congressional budget process. Right. So it's your so highways. it's completely outside of the congressional budget. Right. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. It's all make-believe. And another thing it's that will fantasy. fuck up, because the uh, Washington, D.C. budget has to be uh, passed by Congress, mm. uh, if this government shutdown happens, then all garbage collection in Washington, D.C. will stop completely. And that's what Washington, D.C. needs right now. <laughs> 500 you know? tons of garbage per week in Washington, D.C. Oh, that's a perfect idea. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Mm. I mean, I kind of, you know what? I'm for Ted Cruz now. I just want to see the nightmare that that is. You imagine no government pickup whatsoever for garbage. That's why as soon as the world comes to an end, it is going to turn into crap very, very quickly. Oh, it will. Mounds of garbage. Oh, my God. It's exactly 500 tons of garbage in Washington, D.C., which is not that nice of a city. Not that great. Murder rates, uh, murder rates are extremely high. D.C., yeah, the last thing they need right now is just a bunch of garbage. Yeah. That's going to lead to... Uh, that's just going to lead to a lot of depression, which is going to lead to a lot more murder. It's very ridiculous. Yeah, and here's another thing about it is that federal employees, they will be on furlough during this, right. which means that they will most likely still get paid just for sitting at home. So nothing will get done. We'll be completely behind in Makes social no security sense. payments. We'll be completely behind in so many different ways. Right. But we're still going to pay these people for this time, and the time that they're going to have to make up is going to cost us even more fucking money. Good. And this is all money that's already been spent. That's another thing people are forgetting. Like this, is, we already spent this money, so yeah. we just got to pay it. We just got to pay it now. Yeah. But Republicans are pissed off at Ted Cruz as well. He's just trying to make a little name for himself, and uh, we'll see if it uh, if it works out for him there. I'm sure in his little district of uh, of Texas, he's a congressman or a senator. I believe uh, he's a congressman. I think so. Maybe he's no. Actually, I think he's a senator. I think he's a senator. Some folks in Texas probably like what he's doing, but either way, he's been a little. Uh, well, some people are saying, I mean, this is going to get him to the primaries, at the very least. This little stunt that he's pulling here, all he's oh, wanting for the, to do... Oh, for 2016? All he's wanting to do is get oh, to the yeah. primaries in Oh, he'll get to the primaries. He'll definitely be there. He's going to be among the, you know, smattering of dickheads that we're going to have going. I'm going to vote for Meghan McCain. Oh, yeah? Holy crap, she could be our Angela Merkel. Yeah, well, by the She's time... She's a fox. I mean, I know why you like her. Yeah. and by the, But by the time that she gets to the age of being president, the reason She's why you like... 35! 35 years old? <laughs> That's a beautiful woman at thirty-five years old. That's a beautiful woman at thirty-five. That's years fine. Old. By the way, we got a we got, we did get one comment on uh, for last podcast on the left, and I guess we'll attribute it to all the shows saying we were passively sexist. Passively sexist. I just want to let everybody know we love women. Yeah, you know, passively sexist because we make fun of uh, feminist bloggers and feminist websites because they're rude. They're very rude. You know, anyone that's rude or mean spirited, full of hate, we're gonna take down. And we're nice. We're nice. You know, full of love. I mean, I will say sometimes we do mean things. I sometimes I personally do mean things, but then I feel bad about it. Yeah, and then I apologize a lot. I've never had heard, heard a Jezebel apologizing. Never. They don't apologize. For they don't anything. bring the person that they offended out for free drinks. You know, they don't. They don't buy him. Uh, you know, taco dinner. <laughs> the best thing that could uh, that could ever happen to you is have me make you feel bad, and then I'm getting you something. Um, I'll get you a gift certificate to Gap. Why not? <laughs> Twenty dollars. I don't know what you can get, but twenty dollars is twenty dollars. Maybe some bracelets, something like that. Nice bracelet. Let's go to the Taliban because God knows, not not the Taliban, the rather Al Qaeda. Al Qaeda. Uh, you know, obviously they've been in they've been in the news lately because they took over a mall in Nairobi, Kenya, 
And uh, there's actually a large recruitment going on right now. They want a lot of the American, I guess, people who feel disenfranchised, people who feel out of the system. Uh, they're attempting to reach out to them. And there's a specific American uh, member of Al-Qaeda who is a... Really, uh, really selling the group. Well, U.S. officials estimate that as many as 50 Americans have traveled to training camps in Somalia. Just last month, Al-Shabaab, the group who is responsible for the attacks right. in Nairobi, released a video showing three young men claiming to be from Minneapolis, who the terror group said later died as martyrs. Here is, right now, a clip from all one right. of well, those Well, let me just say men. this. First of all, <laughs> later died as martyrs. The first to go. Yeah. Oh, what, yeah. what the African-American people were during World War II are the whites going to join al-Qaeda right now. Front line. <laughs> Front lines. I promise you that. They are going to be the first to die constantly. And I'll tell you How that- bad was Minnesota for these kids? Oh, my these, God. I, you know, I know what happens, too. I'm, I'm from the Midwest. It's a disconnected place from the world. Everyone's a little bit... Uh, you know, it's a, it's a it's a bit of a paper... The Midwest is a bit of a paper world, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it, it just kind of kind of came up in a day. The culture is a little bit uh, uh, gray, yeah, you know, it's not like defined. It's just like we're nice, but it's like you're not nice because you know go you go to the voting booths and tell gays that they shouldn't butt fuck or whatever. It like they're everyone's mean spirited and full of hate, but they pretend like they're nice, much like you know Texas and serial killers. <laughs> um, and uh, so I understand where these kids are coming from, and I understand when you grow up in sort of a society, and this is why a lot of the people from the Midwest or from uh, the South as well get drawn in to extreme philosophies because at the very least, people who are telling them about these extreme philosophies seem grounded and cement. And it's not just like, well, you, some people are good, some people are bad. I, I don't know which one is which, though. Like They're just like, that's a fucking asshole. You're a good person. Have at it. So that's why that's what happens to these Minnesota kids. Well, here is the statement from I would say a very toothless individual from Minnesota. It's toothless. He is missing quite a few of his front teeth. Uh, and here's what well, that he, happened in Somalia. Here's what he has to say about the Somalian Al Qaeda training camp that he is currently attending. Right. If you guys only knew how much fun we have over here, this is the real Disneyland. You come here and join us. If you only knew the kind of fun we're having over here, this is the real Disneyland, which also uh, makes me say, fuck this guy, because now I think he's probably been to Disneyland. He probably has very nice, wealthy Minnesota parents, and I'm happy that he was one of the first three dead over there. Yeah, he sounds like the type of kid who went to Disneyland and said, I don't like this. This is pathetic. I don't like the lines, Mom. (laughs) Complained about everything. Mm. You know, he's definitely just a spoiled, rich, white kid. Who went to go find truth? We drove from Rochester, Texas, to Los Angeles, California, to go to Disneyland. We mm-hmm. took a three-day trip. That's right. We got there, and goddamn it, if Space Mountain wasn't the best fucking experience of my life thus far. That's right, because you're not spoiled. You're not a spoiled animal. You're not a spoiled asshole, Marcus. You respected the surroundings and the amount of work that went into creating them. Oh my God, the uh, th- Michael Jackson 3D movie. That's great. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's certainly better than. A real-life version of a Michael Jackson 3D movie. Uh, you would imagine what that was like. <laughs> that was uh, you got you got a big payout after that one. The theatrical version of the Michael Jackson 3D movie. Disneyland. I guarantee you, no one's at Disneyland right now being like, "Hey, you know what? This is a lot like a Somalian training camp." This guy this also, is perfect. The guy went on to say, this is the best place to be, honestly. I can only tell you from my experience being here that you have the best of dreams, you eat the best of food, and you're with the best of the brothers and sisters who came here for the sake of Allah. It's almost like they're setting me up to die. <laughs> 
Isn't this every? It's isn't like this every fattening me, fattening me as a exactly. sacrificial cow? Right? Is it every single Walt Disney? Uh, every single um, Disney parable starts with uh, with with the kid getting treated like amazingly well, and then at some point they're like, "Do you think it's Pinocchio? That, it's Pinocchio. It's there's a bunch of them. Yeah, there's, you remember Pinocchio when they went to the uh, island for the lost boys? And, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, they're giving them cigars. They're playing pool, and all of a sudden, everyone's right. a donkey. Exactly. They, 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 of course, they treated you well for the three weeks you were there. Mm-hmm. That's that's all they had. To, they only had to take care of you for that amount of time before they sent uh, sent you to get a bullet in your goddamn head. One of the other guys uh, that came over from Minnesota, he actually apparently he rose up within the ranks of Al Qaeda pretty quickly, okay. uh, and he got to be one of the leaders. And then, of course, the other Al Qaeda members decided that he was a little too Western for their taste. I and believe that's slit true. His fucking throat. That's amazing. So the Al Qaeda members actually ended up killing him. Yeah, of course they did. Yeah, of course they did. I love it. The ignorance of a of a Midwestern white guy going over to Somalia, thinking that he found the answers to the world. Their treat is amazing. The <laughs> food's so good. Oh my god! Every single parable starts with somebody getting treated amazing, just so they can get eventually either eaten or murdered. Yeah, it's like or this, eaten and murdered. I mean, it's like the sirens in the Odyssey. You have all these hot chicks saying, "Come here, come here," right? And you, and you get there, and they steal your soul. That's right. There's a bunch of. I'm trying to think of other stories that have that sort of situation happening. I think it happened in multiple DuckTales episodes. It's all (laughs) DuckTales. God knows. DuckTales, that's one of the best. Mm. I love those (laughs) DuckTales. I just can't think of any stories off the top of my head that would really work in this situation. Although I do love Huey, Dewey, and Louie. I was a Louie guy because he wore green. Ah, you like green, huh? Yep, and he's a real smartass. Yes, he is. That's right. But he was sensitive and weak. That's the uh, <laughs> same thing with why I liked Raphael from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. A real smartass, but he'll also sleep in a tub. Yeah, and he know? was well. He was very whiny. He was, but the the world <laughs> is a very difficult place. You imagine if you're in Venezuela. I'm sure all the kids in Venezuela love Raphael the most as well. They can't even get toilet paper to wipe their asses with. That's something to whine about. That's why I wish I had a kid right now. Why? Just so I could read these news stories. You're like, oh, Daddy, I wish that we had wet wipes. Well, you know what, you fucking cocky bitch. <laughs> I'll send you over to Venezuela. They don't even have toilet paper. They have nothing. You've got dogs' tongues. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine how gross that is. <laughs> hey, uh... Daddy, I took a bad dookie. Send in the dog. <laughs> dookie dog. That's the saddest position for any dog to have. Uh, I don't know what you have well, to do. How, in they a, get, how they get dookie dogs to do it every time? Uh, I don't know. The dog, the dog that goes to it. You know? <laughs> the dog they that just, goes for it. Yeah, they just test different dogs. Yeah, dogs eat a bunch of crazy things, so I'm sure you could probably find a dog that could fill the role of dookie dog. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. dog. I've seen plenty of dogs eat cat shit for whatever reason. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great parable as well when it comes to reincarnation. Be like, well, you don't want to cheat on your wife. You're going to come back as a dookie dog. <laughs> but Go is live it really in Venezuela. A, but is it really a bad thing if the dookie dog enjoys it? Well, there's a small person in him. <laughs> you know, he's still got a little bit of the reptilian human mind going on in there. So he kind of knows. It's sort of like when you have Alzheimer's and you okay. say something wrong and you're like, I know I'm saying something wrong, but I can't not say it. Yeah. And it's sort of like you can't not be Dookie Dog and love the Dookie. But at the same time, he's like, this is kind of wrong. <laughs> I should be eating some. I should be eating pizza off my back. Like Dave. 
Um, all right. I think those are all the stories. I think that's it. All right. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, we will talk to you soon. And that's Marcus Parks, and then you're on Twitter, and then mm-hmm. I'm out. I'm, I'm just Ben Kissel on Twitter. Yeah, we're so both just, uh, just us. Just us. And, and tweet us and, and tell us, uh, you know, tell us things. Whatever. Um, all right. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.